0: signature number sort of kind of ends round number one a four a seven <laughs> you hear that round, but you should stop but well, first stigmata is gonna play us in We can have every day every week since 2007 song is called intro all of nothing the record calling of the just you want to buy it I'll sell it to you why? I own them but first let Bob Bradley sit us in as he had listen listen actually this is my damn deal listen well but I'm taking
1: All right, <laughs> yeah, <You
0: motherfucker. laughs> are the, the, the mic's right here, man. <laughs> the mic's right here, and you can see it's, it's plugged in and everything. You know, I, you
1: know, I plugged it in, and you guys were telling me it didn't make a difference. You know, so, uh, uh, so, uh, uh, and and you know, and there were problems. It was falling out of the jack. Uh, you know, I need a real setup. At some point, yeah, I'll get a real setup. You know, Miss Tech was trying to be helpful. You can't help me. You can't help me. You should know that by now. So anyway, commercials. Pinko 95014 at Yahoo.com if you want to PayPal it. You know, the take this month from Patreon.com slash Stomperville. The Stomper was $3.18. Prices like that, you guys are getting a 3-minute and 18-second show. But it was my fault because I realized if you, if you have uh, donated through Patreon, Patreon only charges you if I put the new shows up. And I didn't put any of the December shows up in December. So, uh, uh, you know, it's, 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 my, it's my, 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 my fuck up. Uh, uh, Mr. R from Vegas gave 50. And he is single-handedly responsible for this show being as it was. Because I was going to try to stick to my thing of waiting until January 20th, but then I realized January 20th is midweek, and that means I have to wait like two more shows to get there. And it doesn't, you know, it, it, it doesn't really matter. It, 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 it um, um, you know, uh, um, yeah. So, so it, I, I, I mean, there's still going to be a demarcation point because, you know, January 20th, certain things happen. We'll get to that later. So, Patreon.com slash Stomper, Stomperville, Pinko95014, uh, and Yahoo.com. Mr. R from Vegas, he knows how to get the, the Cash App, the Venmo. I don't remember. If you need that, I can figure it out and let you know. Or, or Mr. Tommy LB,
0: the, the one whose who's, who's donations carry this show. You guys should all drop to a knee and thank him because his donations carry the show. Uh, but anyway,
1: let's, let let's, let's get to, so what do we do? We got the health, uh, got the health thing out of the way. Yeah, I got the commercials out of the way. Uh, yeah, I, got, I have a big announcement that I want to make, but we'll, we'll save that for the end. Um, interesting point of order. One of the things I did when Skull Game, the porn review site, went out of business, you know,
0: I used to go by and they have just a big industrial funnel. At their, their
1: porno warehouse in San Francisco, off of Stevenson, and I just back up the car, open the trunk, and the guy would pull it like a lever, and all this porno DVDs and VHSs and all this kind of stuff would just fall into the trunk of my car, and it would get full, and I would drive off and deliver it to the people reviewing porn for for this website, right? So um, he, he uh, when they went out, when we finally went out of business. Um, and I don't remember what it was specifically that drove us out of business except for the, oh, I know what it was, streaming, because uh, people weren't buying DVDs. I ended up with like 400 porno DVDs. I had a guy from England, I'll keep this short, it's, this is by way of a commercial, sort of. Um, I had a guy in England who was saying, look, take the DVDs out of the packaging, send me the covers, send me the DVDs, I can buy boxes for 20 cents. Twenty pence over here. I have a machine. I can um, re- shrink wrap them, and I can sell them. They're hard to get over here. I can sell them for you know so many pounds, and you will split the. And this was a really steady, regular source of income. And then the guy said, uh, I don't know if he is one His name is. He said, hey, I got a good job. I got a, got a new job. I said, congrats. You know, I was thinking of business with stickers Well, it's in Dubai, or. Saudi Arabia or something like that. I go, I'm oh, gonna be you, man. He goes, no. The point is, I can't keep the business going if I'm if I'm there. I go, why not? He goes, man, they, they cut my penis off. They don't not into porno in the Islamic country. I go, I find that very hard. Well, anyway, he killed the business. So now I got a huge box, like it's a box where I can. I'm a strong guy, can barely carry. Right, it's like a, like a hundred pounds of porno DVDs. Got them out. I had them, I couldn't bring myself to throw them out. Just couldn't bring myself to throw. Them out. I said, "I this is something. that has got some value to it. I don't. Somebody somewhere will buy this shit." You know, um, and and so fi- finally, I got I got to get it out of my my secret Heidi spot. It's not in the Heidi spot now. It's actually spread all over my front porch, which is t- t- not a really good look when you got a five month old daughter in the house. But nobody's coming over anyway. That's not the point. The point is. I finally got them. I found a guy who said, I have an eBay store. I'll sell them to the eBay store. I'll give you 75%. I take 25%. We share a PayPal account so we can keep it all up and up. Everybody knows what's going on. And, And that's the deal. I submit this to you for one reason and one reason only. Does this sound like a good business deal? I wasn't selling them myself. I frankly wasn't going to take pictures of of 400 DVDs and repost them and then deal with people dribbling, drabbling, coming in one or two, three here. I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to write 400 descriptions. I wasn't going to do that. I didn't want to put them in the recycling bin and throw them out. I don't know if people still buy DVDs, but I do know I get them out of my house, and at the very least, if the guy rips me off, He's not gonna rip me off. He's a good friend. I trust him. I don't think it's a downside. If there's a downside, if there's a downside that I haven't that I'm somehow missing, you know, I'm Scrooge McDuck over here. If there's a downside I'm somehow missing, you know, and, and he watches the show too. Mr. R, we're crowdsourcing this. We need to figure out if this makes sense for both of us to do. So submit it, think about it, leave it in the comments, let me know. We're gonna go get on with the show right now. So, okay, I, 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 had a, I had a pretty interesting um, moment. And people sometimes always come to me to talk about, want me to talk about, ah, talk about race, right? And uh, it's something that I was that like, yeah, you know, one, I, it's not really my position to, to, to educate people who are poorly educated about something that, you know, is more of an issue for them than it is for me. Like I said before, I don't wake up and go, I wonder what black guy juice I'm going to have this morning. And is there a special black guy toast I should be having? Or I don't, I'm not doing that, but then I, you know, growing up, of course, you know, to, to develop an attitude about your place in space, you know, thoughts about being, you know, I read all that stuff when I was a kid, books by H. Rap Brown, a guy who became Amiri Baraka before he was, uh, uh, he was Leroy Jones. I read all that stuff, you know, Black Panthers, Black Panther Party, Angela Davis, read all that stuff when I, when, when I was a kid. Uh, my
0: place is Shit,
1: ganged up here. It's all falling apart. Um, And so, I, uh, you know, I've, this is something that I've thought about for a great deal to come to where I am now. This is not a, a throw, a throwaway kind of adaptation. But I remember being in class once, and I must have been about seven or eight, and um, somebody said something to a friend of mine, and uh, and my friend got super embarrassed, All right. Like embarrassed and started blushing. And my friend, you know, so seven, or eight. So that means I was in second or third grade. My friend was white, you know. And uh, um, my friend was was white. And when he got embarrassed, um, all the color went to his face. He was blushing. And I started to have some thoughts about that. I started thinking, blushing, that's weird, man. Because, so, of course, everybody could see he was blushing, and then the teacher started loading on, and people kind of started making fun of him, and it doubled down, and it dawned on me, go, wait a minute. I know what that feels like. I've been, you know, if you're seven or eight years old, you've been in situations, you know, you don't have your shit together. You've been in situations where you might feel some sort of, shame or public embarrassment or opprobrium. You know, they say certain animals feel shame, too. You know, humans. You feel shame as you try to negotiate the borders of your personality with the borders of other people's personalities, right? But it dawned on me. I said, sitting here, nobody can tell if I'm blushing. I know what it feels like because I, I... I've, I've had that feeling, but I could see the feeling on his face and it dawned on me that you couldn't see the feeling on my face. So that if I, if I somehow, through some affectation of, of mean, M-I-E-N, you know, facial, um, if, I, if I affected my face in such a way that I didn't outwardly appear to be shamed, that nobody would, would be able to tell that I was embarrassed. This is powerful. This is a super, Jesus Christ, this is super hot. Now, we came in from outside, took the kid for a walk, but, ah, but I got like three coots on. it and I'm, I'm dying. So, so this, like, this dawns on me that this is like a superpower, right? It's a superpower. Like nobody knows when I'm embarrassed. The only poker tell for my personal level of,
0: of embarrassment is, is, is if you know, is if I get that look on my face, you know, I don't even know what an embarrassment look has been so long. I don't even know what an
1: embarrassed look looks like. Right? It's a superpower. Now, why is it a superpower? Well, it's a superpower because it allows me to 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 negotiate um, to negotiate my personality in a very in a very different way. Right? Like you know. Largely embarrassment is kind of um, is kind of uh, involuntary, like laughter and a certain kind of sexual response. Now, I remember meeting some woman one at one point and uh, my friend said, my friend Jay said, Hey, you know, this is uh, Jen, Jen, this is this is um with the Jen, this is Eugene, this is Jen. And she just started blushing. And I said, I'm, "I'm sorry. Did I do?" She said, "No, no, no." And uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, ultimately this ended up in sexual activity. But the, you know, the point was, you can't hide. You can't. You got it. You got to. You have to structure things differently when you know that when you when you, you there's a built-in snitch. You have to. You have to structure things differently. You have to. Not me. It's a superpower. So I negotiate the. the, the orders and boundaries of my personality are more fluid and flexible because I I know that if I can control this space that I'll never get caught out. So if you think about all the things that make you anxious and think about if I can fake it, I can make it by virtue of the fact that there's no easily readily available physical tell for my level of embarrassment. You can see how it would allow your personality to develop in in, in in a certain way. Now, Gloria Steinem, who I'm going to quote here, said at one point, she said, um, you know, most men's biggest and most significant fear is being embarrassed by their spouse, either publicly or not. This is Gloria Steinem. This is no scientist. This is, you know, science involved in this. This is anecdotal. She's making this claim. I'm okay with it. She goes, most women's biggest fear is being murdered by their spouses, right? So what would it take? I remember talking to a psychiatrist guy. This is a pretty interesting guy at Stanford who was all about inventing his his own language. But we were talking about uh, personality construction. And the whole idea behind personality construction was that, you know, that this is something that uh, um, we deal with the damage aspects of it, like, like, uh, putting band-aids on, on, patches on boats that are sinking, like, oh, you know, my mother was to me when I was a kid, my father was shooting to when I was a kid, and we put these band-aids, my big brother beat me up, you know, we put these band-aids on ourselves to fix, but the, the vessel of self, the entire vessel of self, now, something that we guard, we guard, we guard in an incredibly, if, 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 if people threaten our self-conception, I mean, I could probably trace lots of acts of murder back to uh, uh, Kasha was telling me she was watching this thing about this woman who was sex trafficked when she was a child. she
0: was she was in, um, in, in, uh, she was in uh, Belgium. And uh,
1: she said a lot of these guys were super powerful guys, uh, politically powerful, and um, girls would die. Um, and so she learned, she learned, And typically, girls would die because they would laugh. These were young girls, seven, eight years old, these politicians in Belgium were having sex with. Um, But she had figured out, and Kasia just found this online, this is on YouTube, she had figured out that laughing could get you killed. In other words, if you trespassed upon their conception of self, Keep in mind what's going what's what's going on in the mind of somebody who's choosing to have sex with um, a seven year old. If it violates their conception of self, they are willing to to reestablish those boundaries or those borders, or willing to kill another human being to guarantee the safety of the borders of their self. I mean. <laughs> If you ever think about murder at all, it seems like, well, you know, many of us can do it in the context of self-defense or, you know, um, this is is a a very organic kind of self-defense, right? Like, you can't, this is like the Bruce Lee thing about, you know, do you want to be the bow that bends or the bow that breaks? These are personalities that have been broken and are concerned about being broken. Now, I give you this whole preamble to, to, to say that grow, growing up, if, if you think about this, growing up this way has given me a great deal of. Um, I mean, if you think about the things I've done, you know, um, I, I, don't, I don't, if I was worried about him, him being embarrassed, um, in other words, if, 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 I, if I thought that the boundaries of my personality, would collapse and never be able to be rebuilt again. I wouldn't do have done half the stuff I do, but at, th- at this point in time, I know now that an understanding of me being embarrassed or something is just insignificant. I'll give you an example of what I mean. Uh, when Danzig got punched out by uh, uh, Danny Maranara, uh, I can't ever pronounce his last name, from North Forty Side Kings. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, not yet. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm come It's coming up, and I got my test back for. Um, I found uh, my test back for the uh, uh, prostate, and my prostate is fine, so I'm not dying from that yet. So, um, so oh yeah, God damn it. Sorry, that should be better. Um, So now, now I lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, 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 God. You got me. The proctologist thing got me. So, um, but I, I, I bring this up, I bring this up because, uh, of, of kind of what we saw, what we saw happening, uh, this week in, in Washington, D.C. And one of the things that I sent around was if you follow if you follow me on the Twitter machine right before the show started was an article from the Independent and I know some of you from the UK might be like nah, you know, fuck anybody like I I'm not talking about that I'm, what I'm talking about very specifically what I thought was super interesting was how how this played out so so Trump is sitting um, oh oh that's right that's right that's right sorry 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 thank you thank you thank you thank you hate to play so uh, let me, I'll finish that thought off. So Dan, Danny Maranara, if you've seen the video, uh, uh, Danza getting knocked out by the guy from North Northside 40 Kings. And at this point, if you read my piece in Decibel, I've come around with the Danzig thing even after he almost killed that. Uh, his band almost killed that friend of mine. So uh, um, he gets knocked out by this guy on video. He, you know, he makes a couple of bush League's error. Like he pushes the guy and then uh, Danny is larger than he is, but whatever, it doesn't take much Danzig. He pushes the guy. And then comes at him with his hands at his waist. Like, you know, the power of his demon face was going to scare the guy. Then he knocked him out, right? I was, at the time that happened, I was hanging out with Danzig's PR woman. I mean, like, literally, I passed out on her couch. And she was, like, saying, oh, she got on the phone and Danzig was saying, oh, he, the guy was a treasure hunter and, you know, was trying to get a lawsuit. He just, he, he, he took the dive. There's bullshit. It was a lot. There's a lot. Somebody from the record label calls me and says, Hey Eugene, would that kinda like fuck up your whole shit? Right? You know, like dance was supposed to be his ultimate death dealing devil monster, black artist, bad guy, and he gets knocked out. That video, which people just played it. It's still on YouTube, right? Dancing. Knocked out. You could play it. And he said, Would that like fuck up your whole deal? You know, Eugene Badass. And I go, No. Nah. But if you read the fight book, you see gotta talk about getting my ass kicked. It wouldn't, you know. The boundaries of my personality are fluid enough where I think anybody who's exposed to any of the product that I've ever done, you know, sometimes you get got, sometimes you do the getting. It's going to happen. Super flexible sense of personality, which is why, uh, which is why, which is why I'm easier to swallow than a lot of cats out there. I'll give you another example of what I mean. There's a video out there called uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, Jogan meets um, a feminist. I think uh, and it's him and Lydia Lunch, and Lydia Lunch does something that tapped into the bullied kid portion of Rogan's brain, and Rogan flips out. He flips out and he starts like, "Oh, you're just a middle-aged woman. You're you're nothing. You're nothing. You got. You, do you know what it would take for me to actually flip out like that? And not just on Lydia because she's a friend of mine, but on anybody." <laughs> do you, do you, do you, you know Kasha said she noticed something do you, do you know She seen me actually punch people in the face do you know what my face is most likely to be doing moments before I punch somebody in the face it's most likely to look like this smiling because what I've done is say I'd rather not hit you but if you insist I will hit you it's a teachable moment and I'm kind of waiting, like the last guy hit, also strange enough, happened to be a guy in Belgium, and the guy goes, do what you gotta do. And I was like, I do the bear thing, you know, like a grizzly bear, the grizzly bear is eating, sees you, looks away, goes back, got bang. So the guy's like, do what you gotta do. I was like, bam, out, out, on the floor, out of the floor. So the point is, the point is, Flexibility and fluidity. I gotta move this back a bit because I'm, I'm partially healed but not completely. I'm having pains with the sitting. Uh yeah, yeah I, I did I did she once I talk I did talk about the ass joke. Gay dude ass joke. Um now that's the Jesus juice over there. So um so um flexibility and fluidity are important, but what you see if you paid attention to the the, the independent thing that i sent around is is a couple of things happening at the same time and one of the things happening at the same time is like you know they talked to michael cohen and they've been talking what is the sound bad again oh god it, it should be fine i need i'm not before i continue i need a thumbs up is the sound all right is the sound not all right uh, okay. It's good. All right. Yeah. Good. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, static. Yeah. Cause I unplugged something. Um, so, um, so Michael Cohn and, uh, somebody else, somebody else said, uh, the thing about Trump is he's never had to accept loss. If you've been an athlete, if you've been an athlete, um, if you've been an athlete, you've had to accept loss. And this is the thing, they, they talked about, some, some uh, 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 social scientists talked about <clears throat> how things changed when they integrated sports in America, especially given how big sports is, you find sports to be in, in southern states, where, you know, black players were actually playing with white players, or playing with white coaches, black coaches, you know, how, how, how it changed things. But one of the things that fundamentally they figured out when they look at all the people who have graduated from Yale... Harvard and Princeton, all these Ivy Leagues, on, on a long enough timeline, the people who do the best in life—well, the rich kids, nope. Well, you know, poor kids, nope. You know, get athletes. Athletes—they when they track them over a 50-year period after graduating from you know Ivy League schools or any school, in actual fact, the people who do the best consistently are athletes. Why? Because they—they—they they, they somehow have understood. That loss is always part of the equation. Sooner or later, you're going to have to face it. And and how you face it determines whether or not you face it again or you don't face it at all. Eh, Team sports, you know, it could be. I was not a team sport guy myself, but any sport that you have to deal with loss, and all sports are about loss, fundamentally put you in, in good. So when I found somebody who wasn't involved in any sport, In the back of my mind, I got a thing. Because you never know how these cats are gonna deal with loss. You never know, you never know how they're gonna deal with loss. There's a guy who killed his wife near here in Foster City. And nobody, people were reading the story, and I was terrible. He was a a Valley executive, and his wife was also an executive. And he killed her in his hobby shop. And I could tell based on how he killed her and what happened, I could tell what was happening and she was like on him and based on the stuff in the story and she was and she hit that point that inflection point where where the guy just flipped and she said something that finally breached the wall of his conception of himself so much that he's at his hobby shop his hobby desk working on something had a hammer in his hand hammered it to death threw in the back of the trunk of the car and drove off and of course he was caught and he's in prison it was an impulse crime. He didn't lay in wait for her. He wasn't planning on this. But like Gloria Steinem said, you know, he, he, his sense of sense of self was broached. He had to respond. He responded, probably regrets it, probably sitting in San Quentin now, regretting it. I don't know if that guy was an athlete or not. <laughs> that would have made that story complete. I tried to figure that out. But um, based on what they said about him, the guy was like, so, he was like an oracle, you know, chief in accounting, something like that. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't, I don't know. So Trump, not been an athlete, not not been an athlete, and and, and then had also something that, and and don't get me confused here, but he also had a domineering father, All right? And we've seen a few of these. Mao had one, Hitler had one, and Stalin had one. I'm just saying, you know, if you've got a bad relationship with your father, you got to work against a lot to be. I'm speaking from I'm speaking from uh, I'm not just off the cuff here. I know what I'm talking about. So all those factors create a perfect storm so that, you know, months of Sleepy Joe this and Sleepy Joe that. But what you should have mystified me. What mystified me is the whole cynical opportunist versus true believer. I looked at the numbers and the numbers showed me that there was never at any time during his presidency uh, more than at the most 44 percent of people who supported him. So that means if everybody in America went out to vote, he would still only get 44 percent. That means that he was a true believer and that he really, truly believed that that 44% was fake. He looked at his rallies, he looked at that 44%, and he said, well, who gave you that 44%? Who told you that was 44%? Somebody from the press? Well, the press has always hated me. That's why they would say 44% is shitty. That's why they would say that. He wasn't being cynically opportune. He really believed that. So when the numbers come in, November 3rd, November 4th, the numbers start co- coming in and he's not winning. It's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. If he was standing at his hobby shop bench with a hammer in his hand, he would have killed America. Which is fundamentally what started to happen. Now, his sense of self has been breached enough so that now he's got to do keep in mind people do all kinds of crazy extended things to 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 uh, uh, so that so that we don't find out the truth about them where with me again again the comparison to Danzig you know i don't have any urge to you know i've been beat had my ass beat in the streets and i've beaten people's asses sometimes you feel like a nut sometimes you don't sometimes you get lucky sometimes you don't there's a video out tomorrow of me getting my ass beaten. It's, I probably deserved it, but know. Yeah, so okay, so now it's November third, November fourth. He starts, he starts cranking, cranking folks up. Starts cranking them up, all right? Starts cranking them up. <sighs> Dig, digging in, digging in. This is not, you know. So these people, these people, you know, who are super big fans, not just voters. You know, I'm not just talking about voters. There are plenty of guys. None of the people I know who voted for Trump, you know, from Sorrell Academy or whatever. None of those people drove to D.C. this week. Yeah, that's right. Nobody cared. Nobody even flew. It, it takes a certain type. Now, and the type is like that what he offered, the Rocky story that Trump offered allows them to kind of patch over that ship of self because that's where the passion comes from. I mean, fundamentally, if Joe Biden won or Joe Biden lost, I'm leaving the same guy. You come in here, you all look different. You leave, you all look the same. How's that? Scared. Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, they win, they don't win. doesn't make Eugene feels fine. I'm not crying. <clears throat> I voted for Hillary in 2016. She lost. And that's where the disconnect comes from. Where the people like online trying to taunt me, you know, trying to taunt me in, in these in these discussions. It's like, man, this means more to you than it means to me. I don't really give a shit. I don't give a really give a shit. I don't give a shit. But, you know, ah, the tears of limbs, ah, fuck your feelings. The T-shirt said, eh, grab a bite of pussy. Somehow, somehow the ship of yourself was was plastered over. And you felt whole for four years. Not just people were like, well, I like this horse. I like that horse. I vote for this. what I vote for that. One. People for whom this was a, a messianic mission. If you follow my Twitter, I sent that thing out from Nevada where they're talking about Trump in messianic terms. These are people who need something that they've not been getting out of life. And he makes the call and he says, you show up to the Capitol and we're going to get this back. You know, we're going to we're going to get get this back and we're uh, going to, you know. Yeah. But if you are you know, I know plenty of CEOs who have had who have had a hard time as men. Precisely for that, because of that sports thing. You know, they've displaced all that sports competitiveness and all that kind of early life shit that they grew up with onto their business. But these are not men. They're, look, there are two types of men who I do not routinely trust. Men who haven't figured out their sexuality and men who haven't faced any loss. These are guys I can't relax around. Because weird shit starts to come out. There's one guy I knew, John. He said, hey, G, we gotta go out drinking something. I go nah, John. Nah, because why not? Because I'm gonna kill you, John. John was always taking pills and blacking out, and he was one of those classic cats who like. Couldn't remember what he did. Nah, 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 nah. You got little skeletons. Make your peace with it. Figure out, I'm gay. I'm not gay. How gay am I? Am I a little bit gay? Am I bi? Am I gay? Don't, don't do, 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 do the thing. Like that guy, you know, tough guy from Philly I work with at, at, at Apple. I'm sitting in a meeting, you know, looking around the room. You know, you're just you're in a meeting, you're paying attention. And then I look around the room, and the dude's looking at me. Also incidentally named John. <laughs> and I, you know, you just kind of leave, catch somebody's eye, and you look at me, like, hey, bud, how you? But he's looking at me. And I, and I go back to my notes, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. That was kind of like uh, what anthropologists call a uh, copulatory gaze. So now, the second time I look back at him, I'm like, hey, John, John, you're right? That's what my look says. They were in a meeting. I'm not going to say that, but, and then, so now I'm giving him like, uh, fucking work this shit out, bro. Work it out. I don't care if you're attracted to me, but you gotta see yourself here. And then he he like catches himself and he goes back to his notes. I was like, Jesus Christ, how how old are you? You figure that shit out when you're a teenager, <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> figure it out when you're a teenager. That's what what can I tell you? So if you haven't faced loss and you haven't figured out your sexuality, you're not gonna be comfortable being around. So these and it, it, the, the kind of attachment, the messianic zeal and the attachment that they have for this guy. I mean, really? I mean, forget, this is not about political ideology at this point. <laughs> yeah, if, this is not poli- poli- political ideology at this point. This is, this is just, I mean, can you, I had a friend who was Persian when I was like six. I went over to his house and he wanted to watch Mr. Rogers. I wanted to watch Superman. You know, the old black and white Superman, live action. And his mother said, we have guests. We do what the guest wants. And the guy was like, and he figured he couldn't, he couldn't like, you know, he's not. So then he starts ranting at me about the difference between Persia and Iran. And I could tell he was picking up on this this heat from, you know, people in his family. But I was just a six-year-old kid from Brooklyn, man. I just wanted to watch fucking Superman. I didn't give a shit. I didn't give a shit. I didn't care. But this kind of passion, I just don't care. You know, you guys are out there. What what would it take to, you know, my kids were talking to me about Black Lives Matter. And they go, yeah, well, what are we going to do? And I said, what I'm going to do is what I always do, you know, Uh, based on how I understand humans to be, prepare for the worst. That's it. And they go, well, we're going to go out and march. I was like, oh, it didn't even dawn on me. It didn't even dawn on me. (laughs) It didn't even dawn on me. From high school, when people say, let's go to the... And the no news mark. <laughs> People suck. Why would I do that? Hey, Newsflash. You know, I was happy for my kids to be out there. You know, I, I would, I, I would be happy for my kids to be out there. You know, they have their reality is different from my reality. But I don't understand. I'm going to go to DC in the winter, and and take over the capital because I'm getting messages from this guy who's never faced loss in his life and is having a hard time with it. Thinking suddenly, somehow, the 44% number is not real and 51% of America voted for him. Get the fuck out of here. Or claim the electoral college thing that, you know, maybe the numbers were, nah, bro. Nah, 60 challenges from judges. You, this is not a grift. This is not a graph that you're used to. This is not casino world. And that shit does happen. Don't get him wrong. It does happen. Political gerrymandering. It does happen. But... It's a long play, and it happens a lot smoother than it does in the casino world. Even in The Godfather Part Two, when he's like, you know, the gaming licenses, uh, Mr. Carleone. So he's upset, and he's like, essentially, go fuck shit up. Now, you gotta understand, like, I'm a go fuck, fuck shit up guy. I've been in the midst of three riots, but, you know, what's interesting, I've been in the middle of three riots... But with the exception of the one on Staten Island, which is more a a, a running street fight, I've not participated in the riots. I've just been there observing. I lost my head once, and that's when this ear got almost cut off. You see the scar right there. And what did I do when that happened? When a guy threw the broken bottle in the side of my face, and it felt like a hot uh, a, a, a hot water balloon had burst under my skin, I could feel the blood around my balls. It just went whoosh. You know, head wounds bleed a lot, and I got so angry. And it was three guys, three cousins. They had wrenches, they had an attack dog from the gas station, and they had the broken bottles. And I just got. Just the naked, in anger. It was. It must have been comical. It was like the guy in Caddyshack, the priest when he's golfing the best game of his life, and and God hits him with a lightning. I I got hit. I could feel it, and my hands went up in the air, and I just I screamed, and when I turned back to look at the guy, all three of these guys, they were like. Fuck that shit. They dropped the wrench. They dropped the dog. They ran. And I chased the one guy into the movie theater. And... <laughs> so I, I understand, you know, I understand losing it. But in the middle of a ride, I've never done that. Much less planet, Fly from Seattle. Fly from Oregon. Fly from Oklahoma. On my own dime. Some of these guys, like the guy whose father's a judge in New York, what are they? The guys who don't work, the whole thing. Well, I'm not holding against you. You don't work. You can make it play. Go make it Make it pay, make it pay. And they go and they're fucking shit up and they're being let in. Don't you understand? Didn't you listen to anything Stalin said? Anything. You think, you know, you, does he weigh more than Russia? Do you weigh more than the United States of America? Do you weigh more than the United States of America? Do you understand that even a coup is not impossible? But the, when I saw Red—I oh, didn't see Red Dawn. When Red Dawn came out, I started thinking about the idea of <coughs> the Soviets at that point taking over America. It's like America can't t- control America, much less the Soviets. I mean, there was no way the Brits were going to keep this a colony. There was no way. There are too many moving parts you you got you 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 can't pay off that many people you can casino politics doesn't work in America it's it's multi-level chess of the most extreme sort because if, even if those guys succeeded they were still looking at 81 million people unless you don't believe that number unless you believe that number was fake like all the other numbers who voted for the other guy So they they are. And, you know, and I knew it because I'm a fuck shit up guy. I knew it. I could feel it in my heart of hearts. And when, uh, somebody uh, was texting me during this thing. And we did a report on Ozzy on it. And somebody was texting me on it. And I go, uh, which office did they shit in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Antifa started to run. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. So which office did they shit in? The guys texted me what are you talking about Just shitting in the office and i go wait for it he goes well how did you and yeah they found it was smeared shit in there. how did you know come on what come on i'm a fuck shit up guy you should be a fuck shit. you don't know the first thing you do you get in there and it's like you know what i have felt you know the same gender dysmorphia that drives people to have body parts cut off to reassign their gender there's another kind of dysmorphia, There's a class dysmorphia. I've been growing, like that great line that Springsteen has, uh, 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 Mississippi State Trooper, where he says, you know, what I got's been bothering me my whole life. Spackling over this class thing. And you get inside there, you get inside there, and, and what And what do you do? You get inside there, what do you, you Fuck you, you! Burn it! You piss! You shit! You do! You 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 um, uh, you um, yeah yeah. I mean, come on! No 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 no. If you you would believe me, you would do it. This is like a line from that song by the band The Adolescents from uh, "Kids of the Black Hole." Trash trash beyond the trash beyond belief. To show the kids don't want to learn. Don't all you're talking to me. <laughs> No, we still have twenty-one unsold Oxbow shirts, which I'm pissed about, but we'll get into that later. So, um, you know, uh, trash beyond belief because the kids don't want to learn. I don't want your all your after-school special talking. Don't want any of that shit. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Gonna burn it down. What are you, a proud boy? Yeah, whatever. Boogaloo, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, whatever. Maga guy. Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. It's not about politics, and this is this is not about fucking politics. Politics doesn't make you spend money you barely have to get on a fucking plane. This is not Tea Party shit. This is something else. (laughs) Something else entirely. So they fuck shit up, and then all of a sudden people realize, like, it's never gonna work. This cool, this is not like, uh, it's just never gonna work. You know why it's never gonna work? Because somebody has got to be the first one to cross that line and start drawing blood, and it can't be the Pawns, it can't be the Hoi Polloi, can't can't be them. It's got to be the King. He stands up on the dais, says, "We're gonna go march to the Capitol." Says, "We," and he flies off somewhere. If you play a game of golf, I don't know the fuck. You had a you had a leaderless um, a, a leaderless event, and that's why it failed. Just look at coups in other countries. This kind of passivity of the, but this is where you get a guy who doesn't know team sports. This is this is how you know when you got the boss's son. Go make it happen. And the saddest thing, the saddest thing, was that piece I just tweeted out from the Independent. I'll oh, well, see if I can if I if I can find it. Let me uh, I'll just I'll just read you the headline that, that like. Uh, let's see, what, what did I say? Uh, yeah, that was moment exactly that was like the moment where um, where, you know, the Charlie Chaplin in modern times, the construction truck drives by, drops the red flag. He says, hey, you dropped your flag and he picks it up and starts running at the truck and the comedies think he's a leader and they follow him. Uh, 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 let's see. Uh, so where is it? Uh, no, no. I'm making fun of the guy from uh, from uh, the the CEO and these cats, like the one from My Pillow guy and uh, and uh, the My Pillow guy. And, oh man, I can't. It's, it's hard to find this, you know. Uh, the My Pillow guy, who's like, I still support him, and now they're trying to parse it. I got a bunch of people. Oh yeah, here we go. Trump was more upset. This is the headline that capital mob looked low class than about violent uh, uh, <coughs> attacks. How's that feel? You see him arresting that guy in his house and his grandmother, you know, granny, like from Beverly Hillbillies, is there. That's my grandson. Hey, that's my grandson. Somebody writing about it said, these are people, we're all, in America, we're all standing online. You know? And part of this is like you stand online and realize I'm never it's like like the phantom toll booth. I'm looking at my number. I'm never gonna get up there. Oh, Obama's a president? Let me oh that's great. That's great. Look at my number. Yeah, it was a perfect convergence. It's a perfect convergence of of, of modern tech know nothingism. Yeah, they get inside, and you know, some of you have said, You watch out when we get there. We're military guys, we're vets, we know what to do. Really? So they got inside and they took selfies, pissed, got shot, killed a cop, and survived because well, we. Go home now. What do we? Hey, where's 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 the boss? Nick Cave's got a great line for it when he's talking about uh, the devil. And the devil's like talked him into doing something, and he says, "Stamp it on the ramping with a cloven hoof." And the devil's up on the roof. He goes, "Here's your man. I got the proof." <laughs> hey, you ever have somebody turn on you who you like trusted? Like that story I told about the triple date I had, double blind date with the other two dudes. It was me and two other guys, and we were dating these three women from Mills College. Those other two guys got arrested. These Mexican cats on the sidewalk were pointing out my friends, and they got the cops got my friends. And then they're like, "You missed one, you missed." And I look at the 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 Mexican guys. I'm like, "What the the fuck are you doing?" And then they realize, "Oh yeah, yeah, we don't snitch. Let the black guy go and let me go." (laughs) <laughs> so, um, I mean, you gotta, you can't, anytime, if, if Hitler taught you nothing, yeah, I saw that cop committed suicide, yeah, you know, if you, if you, if you, if Hitler taught you nothing, it's the idea that anytime somebody's overheated about something, whether it's my friend, who's also whose name was also Richard, going on about Persia, because he was pissed off because he couldn't watch Mr. Rogers, or just, you just, anytime the eyebrows start getting a little too high, yeah, take a step back. There's nothing, you know. Look, look, there's what the, the, they say the small, the, the, the seed that drives a fanatic is the smallest seed of doubt. You won't find me getting that exercised about a lot of stuff. My love for my family is rock solid. It doesn't have to be, I don't, I, oh, God damn it, I love my, are you, I'm not trying to convince anybody. Sun is shining, love my family. Water is wet, heat is hot, love my family. i not trying to convince, I don't feel, but this, this panic, this, fashion, this, this, this passion that people have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought about that cover a lot. I thought about that SSD cover a lot, right? But in this instance, it was not so much the youth that were having their say. It was guys from Golden Corral were having their say. So they, they 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 so they rush up, they're fucking shit up. After about 20 minutes, they're like, "Well, you got to go home." And we showed them. We didn't show anybody. And now I have people who are saying, if you go on Reddit, they're saying that uh, the the video either Trump threw them under the bus, if you believe the video, or you believe the video was a deep fake. There's that option. That Antifa started the riot. Um, some of you's are, are, are fucking with me on Twitter with this whataboutism um, and a friend the friend of mine who was the uh, undersecretary of defense uh, under George W. Bush and, and I, I keep waiting for him to get to uh, having a, a moment of clarity and uh, and so I'm you know we're friends and I'd like to stay friends but uh, I'll just text you what I texted uh Uh, hold on, hold on. Oh, I just, I text him, MAGA Trump 2024. And he says, you're late to the party. Everybody's got a hangover and you're looking for your first dance. And I go, no, 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 no. I'm in. When I read they smeared the Howard Halls with shit, actual shit, I realized how wrong I had been. <laughs> and then he sends me, the, he sends me, yeah, hey, did just show you? I don't want to show you his phone number, but he sends me this, this picture of the guy dressed with the horns and the hat and the flag. He goes, get the proper kit. And I say, his father's a Brooklyn judge, they say. It's our time. And he said, you refer to a different dude who also wears furs. I go, oh, my bad. Those butch bad boys all start to look alike. He goes, yes, but yes, make make Flatbush bloom again. Because this guy's father's a judge in that part of Brooklyn. And I say, so, yeah, were you out and about on Wednesday? So let's get to some serious talk. He says, broke a tooth, went to the the dentist. I go, you see anything on the way there? He goes, no, the media exaggerated it. The action was all around the Capitol. The BLM riots were exponentially larger. (coughs) The pharmacy by my house got looted. The media played it down. Left-wing riots are nonviolent protests. Right-wing riots are a threat to civilization. I said, my kid lives in D.C. now and heard gunshots and explosions. This is me, said responding. Uh, One of my Proud Boy associates was bragging on kicking cops' asses. But maybe they were exaggerating? One of them called the Holocaust Museum the Museum of German Achievement. But I'm sure they're just good people, right? Underneath it all. He goes, apples and oranges. The BLM riots were exponentially larger and were downplayed by the media. That's a fact organized violence attract ugly people regardless of ideology.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm not going for the, I'm not going for the whataboutism. Ma, Ma, Kevin, Kevin, yeah, Kevin, you know, Kevin hit me. mom Ma, I, I don't care, man. If I'm out there, if my kids are marching for BLM, um, yeah, yeah. If my kids are out there marching for BLM, what they're marching for is some version of, of civil rights, the right to go uh, proceed uh, unmolested, hither and yon, without getting shot by a, a nervous cop. Legitimate. Those cats had zip ties and were looking to kidnap Nancy Pelosi, a woman in her 70s. Come on. Come on with all that. the fuck out of here with that. Stop it. So now, um, so now, where are we? So now they say um, we're still in that in that Hitler phase of secret weapon. We got a secret weapon. You wait, he's going to deploy it. The secret weapon is apparently. The, I'll just read it to you. This is not from that same guy. it's from somebody else, but I'll, I'll keep his counsel. And he says, uh, blah ba ba ba." I'll just read it to you. Um, uh, The panic overwhelming the left wing is simply breathtaking. Anyone would think uh, Trump, uh, I don't, I can't, he's dropped in words here. Trump, the election, and is about to snap his fingers like thonals, the setup for the takedown of the elite by the military is almost done. It's been years in the making. In the end, light will conquer darkness, Good will conquer evil. We will get our old life back. Um, only there will be fewer of you guys, and you will never ever be allowed in power again. Pelosi's attempted military coup was amusing, but thankfully generals don't listen to crazy bitches. Um, and uh, where where where's a bit of the insurrection act? Oh yeah. Uh, Word from my guys in D.C. is the Insurrection Act just got signed. Buckle up. Here we go. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. All right. All right. You know, the thing is, the thing is, you're going to have to find redress somewhere. You know? Picking up the hammer from the workbench and murdering your wife is not always going to be a solution that works. It's not. It's not going to work. It doesn't work in the long term. You know why? Because you stand there for 20 minutes, and then you go home, and then you cry in the airport when you find that your name is on a don't fly list because you're listed as a domestic terrorist. As I tweeted out, there are two things happening. There's legit. Uh, there's legitimate grievance. There's legitimate grievance and there's illegitimate ways to approach that grievance. You know, one way takes time, effort, and and action and activity, and it's boring as Tito Ortiz is discovering the hard way. The other way, a lot more fun like Biafra saying. You know, tonight's a blast. Tomorrow, you're homeless. In this instance, tonight's a blast. Tomorrow, the FBI is showing up to ask you to come with them. And he's not going to attend the inauguration? Okay. Okay. Anyway, anyway, um, if you expect me to reach a conclusion, that won't happen until until the 20th. Because clearly this thing is still in play. We've seen the Sunday shows. More Republicans are calling for his removal. They don't feel safe having him beside, behind the wheel of their bus. And they're willing to take the public, you know, because they've realized something slowly. But surely, I think they've realized that just because you voted for Trump doesn't mean you're going to vote Republican next time around. A Trump vote is a Trump vote. It's not a vote for Republicans. So They're like, fuck, I got nothing to worry about. This guy's not showing up anyway. Even if Trump tells him. Kinda. So, the, the announcement that I have is um, which I teased on if the shoes fit. <coughs> um, yeah, yeah uh, Richard Owens has got a comment that I actually like to address. I mean, based on my Reddit, Mago World Parlor spies, <coughs> they think that that's exactly what's happening. That him not attending is because there's going to be some kind of Manchurian candidate thing happening, you know, um, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I don't know. It doesn't make a difference. It does. It, it really doesn't, do, does make a difference. It really doesn't make a difference. It, it, it's not, you know how many people you would have to kill. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a brief story before I get to the announcement. Um, a friend of mine is, uh, he's a big guy, football, football player. When he was, he went to med school. And when he was in med school, he uh, was friends with uh, another guy, another guy, another football player, who was a resident fellow at a dorm. A resident fellow was usually an administrator or somebody in a dorm, you know, who's older and, you know, generally like a house mother, a house father, a den mother. And so uh, this guy is, says, I'd like to take off for the weekend. Could you, could we swap out? He goes, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll come. So he goes, he says, oh, I'm going to do a study. Just make sure they don't drink too much, don't throw burning couches from the windows. It's fine. So, he's there studying, you know, as a med school student. He's maybe 25, 26, and, um, and he's got the football player dorm because they're football players, and that's what. And he is screaming, he says, What the fuck? And he goes down and he opens a door to a room, and it's like five or six football players, and they're clearly about to, uh, 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 yeah, hit, hit the like button. <laughs> On, on this show, um, five or six guys in there, and they're about to clearly uh, gang rape some woman, screaming. You, you know, they've been drinking, but things have got that far. And he goes, "Let her go." And he and the guy first goes, "Nah, man, she's she's okay. We just had we're partying." He goes, "Let her go." He goes, uh, you, you want to join in? Come on, you can go next." He goes, "I said let her go." He goes, "Uh, what what are you, faggot?" And he goes, I'm going to tell you one more time, let her go. And then they they start to think with their animal brains. He's 275, but they're all big guys, too. they are five of them. And they say, you're going to stop us? And this is the point. You know, My friend is a total genius. He goes, well, I'll tell you what. Unless you're going to kill her and then kill me and then kill all these people in the hallway who are listening to this conversation right now, you got to let her go. And at that point, the guys kind of like, the logic of it all came back to them. It's like 20 minutes later, after shitting in the Congress and putting your feet up on Pelosi's desk, you realize, hey, I, I, I got nothing here. So they let her go. He filed a report, and uh, I don't know what happened to the guys. I'd like to think that they were punished. But, you know, you know what kind of pe- Coups are possible. Coups are very definitely possible. But not with... Okay, he's a true believer. Now I now I honestly believe that Trump is a true believer. I I, I got that. Not a cynical opportunist, maybe a little bit of that, but a true believer. But it, this shit requires planning, and you can't do this stuff. A guy who's half-assed his whole life is not going to half-ass his way to a coup. Vladimir Putin has stayed in power for as long as he has, not because he's half-assed it. Very definitely not. So... And now he's in there and he's upset with, the, with you guys with your horns and your shirtless and your face paint, your Confederate flags and your Nazi joke T-shirts because you don't look classy. How do you fucking like that? How's that feel? That deep fake? Yeah. Yeah. Disgusting from top to bottom, inside and outside from both sides of the fence. Anyway, the announcement is, uh, I'm, I got a new property that I'm starting for 2021. Um, but much like the discussion about the 400, uh, um, 400 porno DVDs that I, I, I'm now going to be attempting to sell uh, through through my friend, Mr. R.M. I don't know that he wants his name mentioned on this show, um, but I, I have a new property that uh, we're going to start. Um, and as usual, uh, I submit it to you. The first because I, I want I want to know um, when you think it's a good idea, <laughs> and and um, so you know I you, I'm sure you know that people are doing this thing on Substack, um, and they're doing newsletters. And I used to do the Oxbow tour diary, and I know they were a big hit. And then I got I had a fit of peak with the tour diary, and I said at one point I said you know what if I don't get a hundred people this is before Mailchimp. And all that stuff. Um, if I don't get a hundred people saying I should continue this, I'm not going to continue it. And I got 97 email requests to keep going, and I said, "Fuck it." 97 is 97. It's not 100. If my bill is not, if my bill is is a hundred dollars and I have 97, they won't take it. 97 is not 100. So I killed the Oxbow uh, tour diaries and newsletters that I used to do. I don't know, once a month, something. I don't even remember how often I did it. There were many of them. So I decided to do this thing. Um, uh, look, what, look what you made me do. It's a blog. That's I, I, I bought that. this I already own that name. Look what you made me do dot B-L-O-G. I could fill it with something or I could fill it with nothing. So the idea is that now, with with Substack and Mailchimp, that um, instead of you having to find this stuff, that you would subscribe to it and it would come to you. And in a lot of ways, it you know it's a stuff it's a writing that Ozzy would never take, that nobody else will take. Um, lar- you know, my hot takes on, you know, it takes me an hour to actually kind of w- lay out my take on on what happened Wednesday, if I was writing it, it would probably take me about 600 words. I'm better at writing than I'm at talking. Question is, would you subscribe to it? What length should it be? How often should it happen? Is this something that would interest you? And don't do like the t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, Eugene. Yeah, yeah. We'd love that hardcore shirt. We'd love it if you did it. And I still got 21 in the store because not everybody was telling the truth more than 21, you said I loved it, and I still got 21 shirts to store. Now, it's the weird sizes that I have there, but if you don't know somebody who's 2X, then you don't have enough friends. I don't know what to tell you. So, well, I had four questions about about, about the blog. Uh, how often should it be? Uh, uh, would you subscribe to it? Uh, how long should it be? <coughs> no, not posted. It'll be MailChimp, so it'll come through your, your email. Are you already inundated with all this shit? It's too much. And the last question, the fifth question is, and, and keep in mind that you all, as a result of being here and being part of the Show thing, and it would be tied into the Show the YouTube channel, and, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, maybe. But you guys, as a virtue of being here, we get, so if I, if I say this is a newsletter, it's $5 a month for this newsletter, you guys would get half off. So two fifty dollars a month, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm uh, uh, <clears throat> I'm just, I'm, I'm blue sky. I'm not, I'm not having put it down on paper. I'm telling you first off. So DM me in the comments, let me know. Uh, I figure it, it, we haven't had a fight for a while. We did care. Don't care this morning. It comes up tomorrow because we have. A fight, we have Holloway and uh, 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 Cater. And then we have a fight that Wednesday after and another one that Saturday. We have three fights coming up. So care don't care happened again. But there were no fights to talk about here. But you are still here. So you are the people who decide about the newsletter. But look what you made me do. Now also keep in mind, there's a small thing to keep in mind, that there is a price to be paid for public candor. Right. Like I like last week, I told you I had to X one of you guys out because you guys went on Twitter talking about shit that we talk about here on Twitter. Twitter social media is an uncomfortable dinner party. I got my mother, my kids, my sisters, my ex-wife. I got other bosses. I got always keep in mind with newsletters. They're valuable if they're candid and if they're candid, I might have to cross some lines. Lines that make my future employment difficult. So take it seriously the $250 a month or whatever the subscription thing is, because this has got to be enough for me to eat on if this is going to be something you like. I, I subscribe to one, this Indian cat, Anand. But you're not, I mean, I'm sure from the math, he's like, look, I got 500 people who read me. 500 people times $5 a month. Hey, you know. But I'm not paying that much money for the Daily Beast. Why would I pay it to a Anand? Well, I like his takes. So just something to think about. You know, it's not the requirement to come up with a response. Just think about it. Contact me, DM me. <coughs> <coughs> Let me know. I'd be interested in your take. Um, because it's time, it's time. And I got better things to do with my time than to do stuff that people are not interested in, but whatever. I mean, uh, ultimately, people say, Eugene, why haven't you written another book yet? I've got Fight, Everything Everyone Wants to Know About Asking a but Fred EG asking for asking. I've got A Long Slow Screw, which is now in, uh, uh, it's in Pada in French and coming out as Paternostra in Italian. They paid me for it already. I don't know what they're fucking around with, but they're coming out with it. Uh, the Inimitable Sounds of Love, uh, A Threesome in Four Acts, The Play, still available from Amazon, and The, the Very Extremely Rare Thin Black Book, the companion volume to the Thin Black Duke, that Ox, uh, Thin Black Duke, the o- Oxbow record. So I've got those book. people was like, Eugene, when are you going to write another book? When are you going to write another book? When are you going to write another book?" It's like if I could figure out how to make book writing pay, I would gladly write another book. And I've made a bit of money off of off of a long so screw, not as much as I should have made off of a long so screw, but that's not the point. I made twenty grand up front on the fight book. I had to sell more than ten thousand copies to make that money back. I sold nine thousand, like seven hundred and eighty-nine, so I got no extra money for that. Unless I'm selling you the book with my signature in it, you realizes I'm not getting checks from HarperCollins. So think carefully about this as a business model. Um, oh man, a uh, uh, knuckle up in the car. Uh, it had to be uh, 2010 because uh, I can see in that car I was at first. I was driving a Toyota, which got totaled. And then I had the Batman car, which got totaled. And then I had the Fiat, which was a rental car from the, the insurance company. So I was doing still driving in notes, because I was doing it off of the phone, if you remember. Um, so all right, all of us here. Man, it's late, dude, late. Guns uh, can all. yeah. shit, yeah. 10 years. I can't believe, look at I can't, 10 years. Let me tell you something. And I got to go. It's a long, it was a long show. Let me tell you about Oliver. <laughs> Last time I saw Oliver was in Berlin. Right. And Oliver is talking to me and we're standing there, but we're standing there prison style. Right. We're standing there kind of like shoulder to shoulder facing the room, you know, scanning, we're talking, kind of glancing at each other as we talk, but looking out at the room. And at an odd point, uh, <laughs> at an odd point, uh, Oliver decides to, to knee me, in the groin. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know why. You could ask him. He's li- he's listening to the show now and he was like, "Ah, see, I got you. You were slipping. You weren't." And I got, "Nah, i wasn't slipping because I had on like a sweatshirt and I had my hands in my pockets and I had my pockets covering my groin." I was like, "You see? That's how much I trust you. You got to get up very early in the morning to get a getaway with a free me and my nuts. Anyway, that's the end of the show. This is Round 147. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. On t- uh, Monday afternoon, Care don't care. don't the new Care Don't Care with me and Steph and John Nash goes. Tuesday night, Kid Not Tay. Old Kid Not Tay, his new name, is, uh, is back on If the Shoes Fit and Hip Hop Evolution if you are uh, inclined. If you're inclined. But until then, try to keep yourself uh, out of the hands of the FBI. Try that for a week. See if that works. Anyway, thanks for listening. And uh, the kid is still sleeping. But I'll tell you right now, look what you made me do!
0: <laughs> I, got, I got the
1: Rona. We'll see you next week. God willing. Uh.